0: When night has fallen, it's all good. Oh, before I forget, before I forget, so Friday, uh, March 1st at 6 p.m., we are having the life group get together here at the church with a meal. So if you want to figure out what life group you want to be a part of, it's kind of a smorgasbord deal where you walk along and you're like, all right, I don't like your face. Yeah, Okay, this is the one. <laughs> so you're going to pick your life group on that day. So don't forget, March 1st, 6 p.m., I don't know if you guys can read that, it says Craig 838 at gmail.com, that's for Craig Walker, who is our life group coordinator, and he will get you hooked up in the right group even if you don't make it, but I encourage you to make it. And by the way, if you don't like the worship today, you don't like the preaching today, that's also the email you want to use (laughs) for anything that goes south. Which I got to say, you know, for having the lead pastor gone and half of the worship team gone, I didn't notice one ounce of difference so far, did you? Wasn't that great? Amen. Good stuff. Now, I can't say that's going to happen with the preaching, but at least with the music, it was fantastic. Love it. Matt, I got, the whole, I got 30 minutes. I could take you down anytime, <laughs> and I might. So this week, talking about the real God, we're talking about holiness. So I made the mistake of looking up the word holy and holiness, and it, I found 625 verses that have it. So I'm going to read them all here. I'm just kidding. It's only going to be like 590. But what I did was I categorized out of those 625 things, the things that God talks about in the scriptures that have to do with holy or holiness. All right, so brace yourself. If you're going to take notes, you're going to be writing fast and furious. These are the things that are holy or mentioned about holiness. "...the year of Jubilee, animal sacrifices, your house, your fields, anything devoted to the Lord, holy temple, holy fear, holy furnishings, holy articles, holy water, a holy way of offering, holy censors, the holy place, the most holy place, the holy altar, anything that touched the altar became holy, the holy Sabbath, holy incense, the grain offering, holy fruit, holy anointing oil, the holy tabernacle, the holy camp, holy bodies, any place the ark had entered, his holy dwelling place, his holy name, God's holy people, a holy race, holy days, holy Jerusalem, holy Judah." His holy mountain, his holy throne, his holy ways, his holy land. I'm halfway through. I so would have added that. Holy roller, it was in there, but you took my thunder. Holy arm, his holy promises, his holy ones, his holy angels. The Lord your God is holy, holy father, holy splendor, holy one, holy festivals, holy garments, holy words, holy hill holy covenant, his holy city, a holy fast, our holy inheritance, holy apostles, holy church, holy prophets, his holy and sure blessings, his holy servant Jesus, holy man, his holy scriptures, holy laws, holy kiss, holy nation, holy priesthood, holy women, and holy faith. That was just the word holy. It didn't count the holiness. Here we go. I'm just kidding. Actually, I got a couple. He is majestic in holiness. There is the splendor of His holiness. Holiness adorns His house. We are to acknowledge the holiness of the Holy One of Jacob and the Spirit of holiness. That's a lot of holy right there. I like it. We still didn't even say what it was. You know, I don't know what you guys think of. When you think of holy or holiness, I kind of think of people, for example. It's easy for me to picture God being holy, and it's just, "Ah," right? But how many people do you know, would you say, that guy's holy, or that woman is holy? You just don't see that too often or hear that too often. You might say, wow, they're, they're pretty rock solid in their faith. They are walking the walk. They are doing what they're supposed to be doing. But you don't hear the word holy too often when we refer to one another. But the word holy itself means consecration, sanctification. Those are some good church words for the day, huh? I apologize for you guys that are newcomers because I was going to go out in the lobby and kind of pull a Scott and say hi and shake hands, but I would have forgotten to come speak, and I'd probably still be out there eating a burrito or something, so I didn't. But, consecration, sanctification of heart and life, purification, being progressively transformed by the Lord into His likeness, being set apart, being special to the Lord, sacred, all of those things mean holy. My favorite one came about is the core meaning of holy or holiness is to be different so if you think about god you think about us we're we're supposed to be different god is different in the way that he does things i wrote holy matters up there and i wasn't meaning it like hey we're going to talk about some holy topics what i meant was well i saw a great post the other day on facebook it said black labs (laughs) matter And I thought, that's funny. Black labs matter. So my point behind this is that (laughs) holiness matters. Right? It matters to the Lord. We just read partially 625 things. When God first comes down and he sees Abraham and he's talking to Abraham right off the bat, he says, I'm going to make a holy nation out of you and your seed. Starts talking about holiness right off the bat. When Moses goes before the burning bush, you guys know the story. He sees the bush on fire. It's not being burned up. And the angel of the Lord speaks to him and says, take off your sandals. The place that you're standing is holy ground. Now, was that a little plot of ground that had been holy for the last 4,000 years? And then Moses just happened to stumble upon it. And the angel was like, walk around, walk around. It's holy. (laughs) Right? I don't think that was the case at all. Because the same thing happens again when Joshua goes in to take the promised land Right when he gets there, and he sees the dude standing there with a a sword in his hand, right? And Joshua's a stud muffin. He runs right up to him, says, are you for us or for the enemy? And he says, well, as commander of the Lord's army, (laughs) wrong question, (laughs) right? Can you imagine that? And then he tells him, you take off your sandals. Where you're standing is holy ground. Now, was that a little plot of land right outside of Jericho that was holy as well for the last few thousand years? I don't think so. I think when God shows up, that's what makes it holy. When God showed up at the bush, now it's holy because I'm standing here and I've got something to say to you. Same thing with Joshua. Now it's holy. The angel of the Lord's standing there. So you'll see this holiness can move places is what I'm saying. There are certain things that make it holy and there are certain things that don't. I wrote up there Beth Shemesh, I don't even know who she is. That was a joke because it's not a person, it's a city. You would have to have read somewhere in like Chronicles or something to know that though. So Beth Shemesh, I don't know if you remember, the Israelites lost a battle and then the Ark of the Covenant got captured and it uh, it got taken all the way down to this town. And so 70 people made the mistake of looking inside the Ark and they all died. Remember when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out and those people opened it and their faces melted off? That is really not unbiblical. I don't know how they went, but I'm telling you that 70 people died from looking into God's holy ark. So my point behind that is that God takes holiness very, very seriously, and so should we. We don't want to look at it like, oh, that gosh, he's just got a halo over his head. He's just holy and just try to slap a label on it. There's way more to it than just that. Let's look at God's angels as an example. The angels are holy. Day and night, 24-7, they never... Stop singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They've been doing this for thousands of years, thousands of years before you and I were even thought about. And I'm not confident that they won't continue to do that throughout eternity while we're up there. And guess what? We're going to be joining in on that chorus. So a lot of times when we're singing these songs here and now, we're practicing for eternity. Because, you know, I've heard people say in the past, like, I can't wait to get before God because I got some questions for him about why he did this and why he did this. Well, this might be a shock to you, it might not. The first 10,000 years, you might just be singing this. And then he'll say, now what's your question? Like when he answered Job, never answers Job's questions, he just says, where were you when I did this, when the, the doe was giving birth to a fawn, where were you, right? When you get up there and you see the Lord face to face, I I bet your questions are probably going to go away. You're going to go, oh, (laughs) holy, holy. I'm just saying. The real God is holy. This whole series is on the real God. He is a holy God. It says in this scripture here in Joshua that you can't even serve him. He's too holy. He's a jealous God. He's too powerful. You know, Scott preached a couple weeks ago about the goodness of the Lord passing in front of Moses and he only got to see the back of his head. And that was too much. When Moses would meet with the Lord and the Lord would come down in the form of a cloud, it says in the Scriptures that his face was so radiant just from that he had to to put a covering over his head just to talk to the other people. His face was glowing. It was that brilliant. So imagine for a second that you were transported in one minute and you were going to have a conversation with god but i'm going to leave god out of it for a second let's just take something god has made the sun you are transported in front of the sun and you're going to have a conversation it wouldn't last too long right that doesn't even compare to the holiness of the lord if you were to stand in front of him instantaneously you would not survive period you would not that's what he's getting at here he says, you can't even serve the Lord. If he were to withdraw his hand right now from keeping the planet turning the way it is, to keep it from being 93 million miles away from the sun, to be perfectly in alignment right now, we would die instantly. He is keeping your heart beating. He's keeping the breath in your lungs. Every single thing that's functioning out here at all is only because the Lord's hand is in on it. And I love it because the scientists are always trying to figure out, well, you know, if the axis was on my like, up. you don't know. It's God. It's always been God, and it will always be about God. It says in Isaiah, The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He's the one you are to fear. He's the one you are to dread. Now, we don't like that. We don't think of the, you know, I met a guy years ago, and he's like, God is love. I'm like, yeah, he is. But this guy was thinking unicorns and butterflies. He's love. He does no wrong. There's no vengefulness. He's just peace, love, and happiness. Here, take a flower, drink some chai tea, right? My God is love. You can't take a trait out of the scriptures and say that that is all that God is. He's also kindness. He's also mercy. He'll kick you through the uprights every now and then. Sometimes it's just a small spanking. Sometimes it's this, but he is a holy God as well. And that's why he says in 1 Peter, we need to be holy like he's holy. He is a holy God if he were to withdraw his hand, like I said, you would die. But it is a, it says in Hebrews 10, 31, it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. If you don't know the Lord, you don't want to meet him like that. I don't want to fall into his hands. Thankfully, in our case, he holds us in his hand, right? But I'm not falling from somewhere and just like dropping in, not knowing who he is, thankfully. Because those who are going to get to the end of this age are going to find out that this God of love is a God of love. He's also a God of wrath, and He's a God of holiness. And this is just my personal opinion. There's no scripture. I believe that God, when He sends people to hell, and He will, that He's going to do it with a tear in His eye, and He's going to do it out of total love. It's a hard concept to get around, but that's our God. He is all of these things. If you think of any good trait that's on the face of the planet... God has it, right? Patience and mercy and love and judgment and wrath and holiness and goodness. He is all of those things. So let's not just pick one and say, this is my God. Because this series is about the real God. Who is he really? And there's a scary part and there's this loving part. And there's a responsibility of us in there and, there's, and God has his land. He says, I'm going to do this. This is what I expect of you. It says in 2 Timothy 2.20, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but of wood and clay. Some are for common purposes and some are for special purposes. Remember that common piece here for the next verse. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter, from the common things, will be instrument for special purposes. Made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. So when you look at that, think of what is it that I need to cleanse myself from? That is common what are the common folk doing remember we said that holiness was about being different do you watch the same exact movies as what is common out there do you watch or do you look at the same things on the internet that everybody's looking at do you laugh at the same jokes in fact one of the things that has convicted me even just doing this series is I was like gosh that's funny but that's not holy and I think about that a lot. I'm like, "Yeah, I want to say that, but it's just not holy. But well, doggone it, that's funny. I've got to find a way to curb that somehow, but I can't do it. <laughs> so what's common? Where do you find yourself going with the crowd, with whatever they're doing? God says to cleanse yourselves from those things so that you can be an instrument for his special purposes, so that you can be useful and prepared to do any good work. Have you ever? You probably have heard the analogy before. Remember we said one of the definitions of holiness was purity, sanctification, set apart, different. When you go to grab a glass out of the cupboard, let's say you have company over. Do you grab the dirty one that's got like a little bit of top ramen stuck to the top of it? <laughs> say here, nothing but the best for you, Clark, right? Do you grab that? That was a vacation reference. Do you grab that glass? Or do you grab the crystal shiny clean one? that can be used for any guest. God looks at us the same way. He's like, I have things I have planned for you, but you're dirty. You still got some stains here. You got some top ramen stuck on you. I want you to cleanse yourself of that thing because I have a plan for you. I have a use for you. I have something that I need you to do, but you're not available to me. So a lot of times people will say, well, if if I didn't share Christ with this person, they wouldn't get to heaven. The Scripture says, I haven't lost anyone. They're getting there, but I wanted to use you. Instead, I can't use you. i got to use this person to witness to him because you weren't available, because you weren't ready. I don't want to be that person. I want to be ready. I want to be available to the Master for whatever He has for me at any times. Amen? That's being prepared to do any good work. I made the mistake one time of praying on the way to Bible study. It was 7 a.m. I was wearing like clogs or flip-flops, and I'm like, Lord, give me somebody that I can help this morning. And there was somebody stuck in the flipping snow. I'm like, Lord, not that person. <laughs> I got out my flip-flops, but I was not prepared to do that good work. It was cold in flip-flops in the snow. The only person who does that is Craig Pester. I hope you're in here. Okay. Here's the good news from Leviticus 20, verse 8. We are holy right now. It says, keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Thank the Lord, right? You'll see a couple of verses here in a minute. You're going to be like, oh, I can't do that. And you're right. You cannot. In and of yourselves, we are filthy rags, right? Because of the Lord, he says, I make you holy. But he also says, I want you to prepare and be useful to me at the same time. So it's kind of this combination thing. He makes you holy. You don't believe me? Look at the next verse. Hebrews ten ten, talking about God's will. He says, and by that will we've been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. When you say yes to the Lord, or when you did, you became holy on that day. Because at that moment is when His blood was able to cover all of your sins that you haven't yet committed yet. It has to be that way. Because Jesus went to the cross a couple thousand years ago, right? Somebody's not born yet. They haven't given their lives to the Lord yet. Does that sacrifice still cover them if they say yes to the Lord 150 years from now? Yes, it does, thankfully. Because sometimes we get caught up too deep in the weeds and we're thinking it needs to be over here. And it's like, no, once for all, I've made you holy. And yet he says, I want you to be holy. And I want you to cleanse yourself, but you're holy. So as far as position goes, once you become a child of the Lord, you are holy, you are clean. You are set free. Amen? Once for all. Now we're going to flip and go back again. Look at Hebrews 12, 14. Yet, we're supposed to work at holiness. It says, make every effort to live in peace with all men or with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. If it were up to me by myself and my holiness, I would never see the Lord. And we already talked about what that would be like to see the Lord, right? Right? Without being holy and without being transformed, you're going to die instantly. So this is talking about, one, you're going to get to see the Lord. Two, you need to be holy to get there. But then three, he makes you holy. Four, keep working at your holiness at the same time. So again, you don't want to fall on one side of the fence or the other and say, it's all up to the Lord. I can do whatever I want, and he has pronounced me holy. That's a partial truth. The other part of that is, I have pronounced you holy Now act like it, right? Be holy. I want you to live up to the title I've given you. Put this on your I love me wall. Here's your plaque. You are holy. Now let your words and thoughts and actions marry up with the I love me plaque. In reality, it's God saying, I love you. That you understand what I'm saying. It says make every effort to live in peace. You know what? I make a lot of effort to live in peace with my particular neighbors, but I fail at it. I haven't made every effort I've made. Okay, Heidi just gave me this signal. I was going to say I've made quite a bit of effort, but I think I've made a little effort. I made more than that, Heidi. I'm going to twist up a verse and make it fit very shortly. But without holiness, no one sees the Lord. He says, make every effort to be holy. Are you making every effort to be holy? If somebody were to introduce you, would they say, this is my holy friend, and not meaning it sarcastically? You see what I'm saying? Doesn't that, it raises the bar, does it not? You can say, oh, for some reason, even when I hear people say, oh, they're pretty godly. No, they're very gentle. They're very loving. It still is not the same as holiness. To me, holiness is like, ooh, that bumps it up quite a bit, quite a bit. It says in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. I don't know exactly what contaminates body. I, I know some things that do contaminate. And when, If you're like me, when I hear the word contaminate, I think of, you know, somebody sneezing in the salad in the salad bar or something like that. Like if somebody sneezed on your plate and handed you the food, you'd be like, no thanks, I'm full, Right? it's contaminated and it doesn't take a lot it doesn't take a lot of contamination to ruin the whole thing right and i've used this analogy before and i use it every time scott's gone it's awesome (laughs) say there's my whole bowl of cookie dough and i just sprinkled a little bit of dog poop in there just a little it's dried mixed it all in there you would think they're chocolate chips or something you wouldn't know any different (laughs) but i didn't tell you that until after you ate your third cookie. And then I said, oh, by the way, little extra love I added in there for you. Right? Would you feel like you had contaminated cookies? I would. you would be like, we're not friends. That's how God looks at it. When he says purity, purification, sanctification, set apart, being different, he wants the batch to be pure. That's what we're talking about here anything that contaminates your body. We know that sexual sin for sure contaminates the body. And by the way, don't ever say that all sin is the same. It is not. It says in the scriptures that sexual sin is the only sin that you commit against your own body. When Jesus was before Pilate, he said, the person who handed me over to you is greater of, or is guilty of a greater sin. He says, if you cause one of these little ones to sin, be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and be thrown into the depths of the sea. Amen. It says in the New Testament that if He said, though, there's sin that doesn't lead to death, and there's some sin that does lead to death. He goes, I don't even think you should pray about that. All sin is not the same. It's not the same in consequences. It's not the same in severity. It's not the, the same in what it does and the ramifications here on earth. And God doesn't look at all sin the same. You can't tell me that stealing a little pack of bubble gum out of the store is the same thing as uh, molesting a child. It's not. All sin is not the same. Period. Period. Now, it's the same in the sense that that little pack of gum would separate you from God, yes. A black mark is a black mark, but it's not the same at all. So can we get away from saying that all sin is the same? Don't ever say that. It's not true. Scripture doesn't say that anywhere. 1 Peter 2, 9. I wrote up their holy inheritance. And again, this is where my humor came in. I saw that, and I would, uh, right off the bat, I was like, holy inheritance, Batman. <laughs> and I was going <laughs> to... I don't know why, but I was going back to these cartoons, right, from way back, and I thought I was going to put it on there, but then somebody in the audience would email me, and I don't want to hear it, but email Craig Walker if you don't like that. But I didn't put it on there. And what I was trying to say was that we have a holy inheritance. You are a chosen people. I love that. Did you ever play that game when you were a kid? It was like Red Rover, Red Rover, send Cindy right over. Um, And it would go all the way through the entire crowd, and you're still standing there. Raise your hand if you were not chosen ever. Have you ever not been chosen? There's three of us. Really? Four. You guys have all been chosen? Well, you're better than the rest of us. There's four of us that were not chosen ever before. It's the same person who says, I never win anything, right? I used to say that, and then I won some pretty cool things a couple times, and now I can't even say that. But you're a chosen people. It says in Ephesians 1 that God chose us and Him before the creation of the world. I love that. He's like, I choose you. I have chosen you. You are my royal priesthood. We tend to think of royalty. You go straight over to England. Well, who's Prince Howard marrying? Harry marrying now, and who's this? And what's Kate Middleton doing? And blah blah blah. blah. And Queen Elizabeth. You know what she's? They are not royalty. The people of God are royalty. That's us. We are royalty. The true royalty. It's not about bloodline. It's about a spiritual line. We are the royalty. Did you know that you are priests? And priestesses, we are the priests. In the Old Testament, you had to go to the priest to get your sins atoned for. You had to go to the high priest. Once a year, he could go into the Holy of Holies and represent the people. But God says, you are the priests to the rest of the world. I want you all, as an entire nation, to go out there and to bring these people to myself. We are the priests. You are a priest. You know how lucky the You see on movies, like, i got to go see the priest so he can bless this. Did you know that you can bless a cup of water in your own home and it would become holy water if you said so? Did you know that the Scriptures say that? You have that royalty and that authority to do that, to say, this is holy. And if you don't believe me, look in the Old Testament where these people would build altars. God didn't even tell them to do it. They would build an altar. They would anoint it and, and say, this belongs to you. And that altar or that well or whatever it was would become holy for the rest of Israel's history, because somebody said so, that's the kind of authority you have as a king or a queen of the Lord's priesthood. Does that make sense? We are his priests. We've got to stop living down here. I love, I love what Joel Osteen said. He said, you can't soar with the eagles if you're pecking with the chickens. There you go. That was free and I stole it. All right. We're a holy nation, which is different from a country, by the way. I'm going to nerd out on you here for just a second. A country is when you have set borders and you have this shared language, culture, belief system, all that, and you're, you're here. When you have a nation, you have all of those things except for the land. There's no set boundaries, which is why you have things like an Apache nation or an, a Navajo nation. Because they don't have set boundaries, per se. They, they can scatter all over the place. We are a holy nation. There are Christians throughout the world right? There's no boundaries on that, but we have a shared language in that we speak the language of the scriptures. We have a shared culture. We have a shared history. We have all of those things. And so we are a holy nation. I love that. And God's special possession. So the inheritance is real. It says in 1 John 2.20 that you have an anointing. Now normally we think of anointing as being one of the kings of israel and that they were anointed to go do something special and they were but we have an anointing it says from the scriptures from the holy one and it says you all know the truth but your anointing is really the holy spirit when you give your life to the lord you are anointed with the holy spirit the holy spirit comes upon you it says in the scriptures and puts a seal on you guaranteeing your inheritance until the end of the days. That is your anointing from the Lord. And then if you think about the blood of Christ just pouring over you, right? It says, I've made you holy, but I want you to stay holy, and I want you to keep being holy, but you have that anointing from the Lord as well. At the same time, I always say the blood on the cross is still wet. It's still covering our sins. It's still taking care of those who have not yet come to Christ. But that anointing is real, and it is there. I love that. I love the fact, because we tend to think of that as a charismatic thing. Oh, he's got such an anointing on his life. So do you, and so do I. We have an anointing. We just need to walk in it. We just need to realize it and start remembering that we are royalty, that we are priests. This anointing is there. We just need to act like it. That's the hard part of all of this. I love it. It says in Romans 6.22, Says, now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. You know, it doesn't really say in the scriptures per se that Jesus came down so that we could go to heaven. It doesn't really say it like that. He says, I came to seek and to save the lost. He came down to save us from our own sins and those penalties and what was coming with that. He came down to save us from ourselves. Right? And the miracle is not so much that Jesus went up on the cross as much as he came back down. Amen? That's the miracle behind this. But he says, I came for you because you had no idea. You were lost sheep. You, were, you had no idea what you were doing. In fact, a lot of us weren't even seeking the Lord when he found us. So he came down to save us from ourselves. The result happens to be because he came down and saved us and because he wiped out those sins, because he made us holy, we happen to to get eternal life. That is the result. That is what we reap out of that. We were just talking about that in class this morning, about reaping and sowing. Like We don't, we don't reap exactly what we sow, because we're sowing this, but God is giving us this. I love that. I love that about the Lord. Last little piece here. Anybody out there want to be more holy than you currently are? If you do, raise your hand. I want to raise them in the air. Okay, it says in the Scriptures, in 1 Timothy 2.8, I want people everywhere to raise holy hands in prayer. I love that. Those are holy hands you just raised, by the way. They're holy right now, but we want to be more holy. So as the band sings this last song, would you stand, raise those holy hands, at least during the chorus if you can, if you're vegan and you can't hold your arms up. I'm sorry, you can stay seated. All right. (laughs) Raise those holy hands as we sing this last song and give it to the Lord realizing the holiness that He has made you already as well as your desire to become more holy and if you're really gutsy and you have never been made holy by the Lord the first time around I implore you to come down to the front left hand side the right hand side if you'd like to give your life to the Lord for the first time so that you could be made holy once For all and forever come do that anybody in the middle anywhere who just wants to come down to the front and be more holy you're welcome to do that as well come down and kneel at the altar and give everything that you have to the Lord but let's lift lift our hands in holy prayer regardless we stand and lift up our hands